So welcome to our next episode of SparkCast. This is Sean. Thomas. And today we are actually starting with Season 2 of The Transformers. Before we begin, though, this is the first time I'm actually watching the episodes from the Rhino DVDs that I've recently picked up. And what's funny is Season 2 Part 1 has four discs, and the first disc just starts with a close-up of Optimus Prime's tires before pulling back to reveal a completely CG Optimus Prime just holding his gun. It actually looks kind of cool, and then you select Chapter Select, and it zooms into his chest, and all the chapters are in his... uh, his chest there to select from and then if you ever hit play all optimus puts his gun behind his back transforms into a truck and then drives straight into the screen right at you and then it plays the episode (laughs) but one thing i will mention though if you watch any of these from a smart tv you really need to change the options from the default 5.1 stereo and actually watch them on audio 2.0 because i had trouble making out uh, what people were saying sometimes until I actually changed the audio settings. But that's because I was watching it from my new smart TV with like built-in speakers into it. Anyway, that's all. Who wants to summarize what happens in this episode? Uh, Hasbro runs out of ideas. They decide to rip off public domain stories, starting with Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh so what actually happens is we find out that Sparkplug is just a mad scientist genius and is just able to take random Transformer scrap from all the different fights and robots need to be repaired. And he melds those all together in a way where he makes a robot that can function on its own at initially. But then who was it? Ratchet? or Yeah, um, Wheeljack. It was Will Jack who had the idea. Will Jack, so that his uh, Sparkplug's original idea doesn't work out that well. So Will Jack gets an idea that well, maybe a human or or a robot consciousness could go be transferred into this this shell temporarily, and that can control it, and, we, and they don't have to worry about like perfecting like this AI version of a transformer. <laughs> Sorry. Why did they just assume it was AI? It, it seemed to have a soul to me. It was uh, had a soul of I destruction. Mean, and I'm I was wondering about those parts. I'm like, are you sure those are all Autobot parts you put together? No Destructicon circuits in there. <laughs> I mean, so we'll get to that in a second. We have the two quick things. Uh, we begin with the differences between any of the other versions. This episode actually occurred in Japan before America, and there were actually a few episodes where this occurred, most likely because they couldn't air the Jetfire slash Skyfire episodes. And when oh, I was, they couldn't yeah. air them in America. No, they couldn't air those in Japan. Oh, uh, so yes. So they had to air episodes that were early. Yeah. So when Autobot X goes crazy, 
they use a different ro- roaring voice than the one in America. And I'm wondering if they're actually just using audio clips from actual Frankenstein movies for that. Because it sounds like a Frankenstein monster groaning. I'd have to like compare and look at old movie clips and I didn't feel like doing that. So, I mean, they did use kaiju monster voices for all the Dinobots. So it's very possible that they could have done that for Spike uh, when he was in the Frankenstein monster. That's weird. (laughs) So what was cut from this episode was all the Autobots transforming and moving out of the Ark. That whole scene was just missing. They just appear at the Ark because that was what they needed to cut. And also the narrator feels the need to explain the brain transfer after the characters have already explained it. I'm like, you know you were only needed when we need help, right? Was it after the commercial break, maybe? No, it's just they feel the need to explain everything in the Japanese episodes. The narrator just is constantly coming back to say what's going on or going, oh, no, what's going to happen next before two seconds later they get out of the problem. I mean, that's a weird Uh, decision to make, considering if they want to just make sure that the viewer is following along uh, as closely as possible. Well, why cut out the part where all the Autobots leave the arc because I actually made a note about that where I was like, oh, wow, they actually do like a roll call and Optimus names all the Autobots one by one and we see the camera pan to each one of them and we can easily identify each one and and keep track of them. You think they would have cut out the one where they appear where all they do is reuse the same animation and play it backwards? Mm -hmm. They should have just uh, cut that out because that actually doesn't have everyone named. (laughs) And there's also a Generation 2 episode, if you care, and that's it, because I've stopped watching any of those for any differences. I wonder if uh, part of it might just be they just they just have to pick and choose what, they, mm-hmm. what they're going to cut. Maybe the Japanese broadcast doesn't have the, the same runtime as the American one, because maybe they just, for whatever reason, they have to run shorter episodes or something it's usually because it's because the theme song for transformers is 30 seconds in america and a minute and a half almost in japan so they always end up having to cut a minute from the episode okay so yeah i'm (laughs) sure so that with that said i'm gonna guess that maybe the roll call was a casualty of uh of that yeah they always end up cutting stuff like that where it's important like sometimes they're really good at cutting out stuff that was non-essential and other times they do stuff like this Do you think the extra narration was due to this being um, episode one of season two? Because they definitely did did throw that narration into um, the U.S. version as well. Which was, they like, have a their own narrator me. in Japan, and he shows up all the time when he's not needed in those episodes. No, throughout the whole series? Yes. Uh, oh. The narrator will show up frequently a minimum of at least eight to ten times every episode in Japan. Wow, I guess that's really to keep the kids. Uh, <laughs> that's insane. Eight which to ten toys time. they need to buy. Yeah, you you just need it. to watch one episode. So we did watch the original three episodes for one of the podcasts in Japanese because there was a pilot where all three episodes were together aired as an hour special, and we did watch that just to see how Japanese experience Transformers. But otherwise, I'm usually the only one just going and watching these just because I think it's interesting to see the Japanese versions because I was able to download a the actual DVD releases of Transformers seasons one, two, and three from their three separate box sets that were released in Japan. Someone had finally uploaded those to the internet and I was able to get them. 
eight to ten times an episode. That seems just kind of crazy. Yeah, oh, yeah like, that's that's I feel the like Orbots, uh, the narrator there didn't interrupt like eight to ten times an episode. I'm sure there's some episodes where he was only there at the beginning. And sometimes when he shows up in Orbots, that was also just to poke fun or for comedic relief too. So it serves a purpose in the way they tell the story. Here it's just, hey kids, we know you're stupid. Here's some more information. <laughs> Sarcasm not appreciated. Next up, we have Ryder. The episode for this writer is Donald Glut. If you want to learn more about him, please tune in into our episode on the Dinobots. Donald Glut previously wrote dinosaur nonfiction books, but also published many short stories in Frankenstein anthologies. So basically, this guy's just living the dream, writing about what he loves, dinosaurs and Frankensteins, and just shoving them into an unrelated medium, Transformers, <laughs> and is just able to get away with it. It's like, how awesome is that job now? I guess now that you add this context, it kind of just like makes it obvious that, oh, that whole scene with Spike just watching a movie and they're really just basically going through like a one quick scene of, of Frankenstein. Uh <laughs> And now it just makes sense. I was like, okay, yeah, they just he just shoved that in there just because he just wanted to get some Frankenstein into the use. Oh, I do have a, I, uh, so I do have a comment about that too. But leading into our me Grimlock, no like you. What we liked and didn't like section of the episode where we just talk about basically everything here. Oh, I I have some major problems with this episode. Oh no! Please tell us. Uh, I'm just so angry at them. They just, they were blaming Spike for um, having something wrong with his brain. And <laughs> they're like, Spike, it, it's because there's side effects from you being transferred into the robot body. I'm like, wasn't there already kind of a consciousness in that, that body? Like when you guys turned it on the first time and it was like, start smashing everything. I mean, yeah, and that yeah. happened if you watched the Dinobots episode. Have you seen that one, Charlie? Uh, which one? The which one where the Dinobots were first created by Wheeljack. Oh, vaguely. I can't remember that one because it's been a while. Well, when Wheeljack initially turns on the Dinobots, they just start going crazy and destroying things like oh, existence, yeah. pain, destroy everything. And Wheeljack's like, man, guess I'll just shove these things in a cave for a while till I figure it out. Yeah, just unethical treatment of robots, too. That's another problem. Once uh, the first bot gets turned on, you know, uh, Autobot X, he starts going crazy and smashing equipment. And the solution was, hey, I'll hit him with these acid pellets until he drops. <laughs> and uh, that's just so mean. It's like they, they just created something, turned it on, it's sentient. And they're like, we created him. We can take him out again. He's not sentient. He doesn't. He doesn't have a spark. He, he doesn't matter. He's just a tool. Well, why don't like if he's got if he's like the Dinobots, then they can he can just get better, right? Instead, it almost seems like they're putting Spike's brain and shoving it into a place where there's already a consciousness already, and that's what the problem is. But they did just turn a side effect. Spike, you're going crazy because this is just something that happens to you when you get transferred to another body. <laughs> Nothing to do with the guy who's already in there, who's like, you know, fighting. It, it would have been more interesting to see a fight between the two consciousness. Well, that's but, what one of my things I wrote is 
something's telling me to do bad things. I'm like, what kind of robot did Sparkplug create? I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's telling him to do bad things. Did he accidentally use Decepticon parts? Just was like picking up parts after a major battle and didn't care where they came from. Or are robots just inherently evil when they're built, you know, by humans <laughs> that, and Wheeljack? That's my guess that he used Decepticon parts in there somewhere. And that's why it was all screwed up when he turned on. You know what? I didn't. I I couldn't really think of an answer why this was like that before watching the second episode. But speculated was it's just you know it's just wiring or it just went wrong. Like, uh, one of the main points of the second episode we watched was that they basically have chips that can or circuitry that makes their personalities and can kind of control who they are and their personalities through circuitry. And if, if some of that stuff goes wrong, then they become a different person. So now I'm thinking having, now that I watched that, that's probably exactly what happened here. Well, Sparkplug, he doesn't know, understand the transformer technology like that. So he probably <laughs> just did the best he could. And you know, some stuff just doesn't work right. And that's probably what that personality is or, or how it's affecting spike. And he can't really do anything about it because essentially he's programmed to act <laughs> in a in a way where he's just he just can't comprehend stuff that well well why is it that the dinobots and autobot x they both reactivate the same way like raw i destroy everything in my path and part of me was just wondering if it was spike's id without anything holding him back because you know at one point he's just like aha with this power i can take over the world i'm like oh geez spike (laughs) getting getting a little ahead of yourself now that was Spike at that point. I, I would say that's the other robot consciousness, you know. I, but then again, Spike combined with it and him having abilities that humans don't normally have, I guess, went to his head. <laughs> Strange. I thought it was funny that it's like Bumblebee got shot while Spike is riding inside him. This is how, this is how the whole thing happened, you know. The accident happened that was life-threatening for Spike. But when that happened, nobody cared about Bumblebee (laughs) at all. Finally, they're, like, repairing him, you know, and Bumblebee's like, hey, are you done yet? But nobody's like, oh, is Bumblebee all right at all? (laughs) Well, I think it was just because he didn't actually get shot. They're like, oh, he got some minor damage or something like that. He was shot. He was shot. Wasn't he on fire? They shot the little VW and it was it was upside down. He definitely got hit hard. I think the problem, (laughs) I I think what the issue is, is that that's basically a daily occurrence to them. So they they were just like, "Eh, we'll fix them up. We do it all the time. We'll just fix them up. There was one thing that was funny is I imagine when Sparkplug was saying, he's like, oh yeah, I use these spare parts. I read that is I took the body parts of your brethren killed in battle and made my own transformer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Isn't Sparkplug a mechanic anyway? He's like throwing stuff together. That's like my dad. Yeah, let me make something for your pet rats. Uh, some kind of uh, cage maze. Uh, something. He made me like a really bad cage to put my rats in. I'm like, Dad, they don't want to go in that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Make a little cage out of a carburetor or something. <laughs> An exhaust. You can just go in there like it's some kind of like tunnel or slide or something like that. What kind of doctor is that? Who's just like, if only we could transfer Spike's mind into another body during the operation. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. that stood out to me. That, that was weird. Because 
because well one on one aspect I, it, it seemed like with season two they're going they're starting up right away where like we need to stop having these random episodes where the transformers are doing all these earth-shattering world-changing events but then there's no interaction with the military or humans or just general society so i was i was happy to see that you know the, the military is involved and now we're going to a hospital in a city and stuff like that and we see doctors but then immediately as soon as the doctor opens his mouth he's talking about if only there was some way to transfer his mind so we can work on him like what kind of affliction does spike have where the doctor just thinks that we need to store his mind in some data bank or something because the the, the things that we would do it would just ruin his uh he would lose his mind or something like that. Yeah, like what, I think that I actually no put sense. that I put that down in my stupid moments because I'm like, how is that helpful to surgery? His brain is still inside his body. His consciousness <laughs> has moved. So what are you doing? Like some spiritual surgery? I'm like, I don't know. Unless they're talking about transferring his entire brain into the robot and that's what happened like they digitized his whole brain and then reconstructed it inside autobot okay, x and now the yeah, body has sure, no brain fine. but but why blank brain why, in? why can't you why can't you work on him with the brain there i mean <laughs> do you want an episode about spike trapped in a robot body no one was enough <laughs> <laughs> i actually thought i wouldn't like this episode but i actually did kind of like it it is the first episode we've seen where a character has to go through something and overcome it, actually. Most of the time, it's like, yeah, we're shooting stuff up. Oh, we won. The end. Boy. There's going to be some character development episodes in there somewhere, but I guess season one was not the time for that. <laughs> no. But uh, I also like how Sparkplug, he's not very creative. He's like, I call it Autobot X. I'm like, all right, cool. That's a really creative name, guy. At first, I thought they were going to get it wrong because Spike says the Frankenstein monster without the letter S, but then later says Frankenstein's monster correctly throughout the show. So they're actually saying it correctly because, you know, most of the time you watch old cartoons and the monster shows up and they're like, ah, it's Frankenstein. I'm like, no, you dumbass. It's Frankenstein's monster who has no name. Oh, I never even noticed that. Oh, I, my goodness. I always Crowley, call him on. straight up Frankenstein. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way I was taught. Every, all the cartoons do do that. They they teach you wrong. Well, like, yeah, everybody did that monster. at first, and I feel like it just became. <laughs> I it, what it was annoying when people were saying that Frankenstein monster was just called Frankenstein, but then it got annoying because everybody had to correct it and say no, it's Frankenstein's monster. I can't believe it, it Charlie. You missed all of that. Or or a Frankenstein. I would just think of it as a Frankenstein, kind of like a Heisenberg. Oh yeah, know? yeah. That's how. Yeah, that's how people <laughs> always. That's how it became in pop culture. That's what people assume before the tide turned and everybody had to be corrected. But that's. I mean, that what Sean said. That's basically what happened in this episode. He says it's a Frankenstein, and then after that, it's always Frankenstein's monster. And uh, here's the thing. You know that in about ten, twenty years, there's going to be a remake to make it different. And then Frankenstein is going to put his own brain in the monster. And then from that point on in our new future reality, people will start calling it Frankenstein and they will have forgotten how the original started. We're going to be that advanced. We're going to be able to start patching books from back in the day <laughs> and patch it to actually mean the monster's name is actually going to be Frankenstein. 
they do reprint books and change them, so that I know. Yeah, I'm just making happen. a joke about like technology <laughs> yeah. in the future. But... I like how okay, so there were two funny uh, things with Ratchet. Ratchet was like, even if this works, who needs it? And I'm like, shut up! You've been fighting a war for four million years, and your current Autobot group isn't gonna win. So just take what you can get. <laughs> yeah, that, that's dumb. But I do like, uh, so the funniest thing this episode was Wheeljack is like, yeah, me and Ratchet can help you fix Autobot X. And Ratchet just stands backwards and gasps like, oh, hell no. <laughs> just, like, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> Did you guys see that part? <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, I just I noticed Wheeljack that, being like, huh, maybe I can help you improve on your model, Sparkplug. Just like I did with the Dinobots. And they're like, you better prove it fast because he's smashing all the equipment. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure the justification for that, for that type of reaction is just that I guess they don't want to live in a world where humans are the creators of Autobots and Decepticons and stuff like that. Uh, this goes back to earlier, but I, I just still think of it funny. His, uh, his original thing is, now that I'm a machine... An Autobot, should I be like Optimus? And he's like, oh, no, I have enough power to conquer mankind. I'm like, jeez, what a huge leap. And then Megatron comes by and actually convinces him to join that side. He's like, ah, oh, you're powerful. Come join me. So I do kind of like seeing manipulative Megatron convincing him to join their side for a little bit of the episode. Yeah, but, but, they, but that was kind of weird in itself because he basically went probably within the span of a minute or two from saying I'm strong enough to conquer all mankind. And then Megatron's like, actually, no, don't exercise all your strength. Just come be my underling. And he was like, yeah, I'll do that. Like, how did you go from like wanting to rule everything to I'll just be this guy's backup. He's just moving all over the place. Yeah. Actually spike at that point when Megatron successfully recruits him is like, uh, I don't, I don't know what to do because it's hard to think. He was like having trouble, like just and he complained of that a couple of times. Like he it wasn't that he was conflicted between two, you know, egos in his body. It was because he his, his brain mind just wasn't working. Right. Yeah, it's my yeah. brain is working. <laughs> I like so, how at the end of the episode it's him hitting his father off a cliff that makes him come to his senses. But earlier when he smacked Bumblebee off, he didn't care one bit. He's like, whatever, Bumblebee, you're not a close enough friend. Ah, uh, yeah, that that was kind of weird. <laughs> it's like all these other guys that saved your life countless times, and you dropped out of school to hang out with these guys full time. <laughs> you know, not uh, dropped out, remember, he wasn't in school. His father put him to work at the factory at 14. <laughs> so he hasn't had a chance to even go to school. Oh, my God. <laughs> He learns so it's even OJT. worse than I thought. Uh, what, is, what is Spike even doing in the battle zone with Bumblebee in the beginning? He even says, should we even be out here before blast, bam, now it's time to go to the hospital. And then he's still backing up doing that probably the next episode and every episode after. Always putting them humans in harm's way in the war zone. Yeah, I don't understand it. Yeah, I... like Bumblebee is treated like a baby, though. I guess he's he's like the teenager of the Transformers. And... He's little, and... You should hear his voice in the Japanese version. He does sound like a kid. And I think they usually try to leave him behind. Like, 
Stay back there, Bumblebee. We'll take care of this. <laughs> I mean, but... if that's if that's really how they felt, then okay, you think this guy is a baby, it can't handle being in the middle of a battle. Why would you be okay with this baby bringing this human into human the middle baby. of the battle? <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, he's supposed to be a scout. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And so he's really there. He's usually the person that scout and is supposed to be the stealth person who figures, who sees what's going on and reports back to base. Or at least in this instance, you know, he couldn't because his radio was damaged. So from that blast. So that's why the Decepticons were able to get there and recruit Spike before the rest of the Autobots were able to track down Bumblebee. So they are kind of wishy-washy with that, though, because there's been several times where, where Bumblebee is just one of the bots and he's there on the front lines fighting in the middle of battle. Sometimes they do treat him as like a scout, kind of like, all right, I'm going to take over now kind of thing with him. But sometimes he's just there, just fighting, just as an equal, essentially. He, he is a he is a main character, so he does get into the fray, but I don't know if he's invited all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to be a hero, but he's a kid. Like, hey, I haven't, yeah, I don't think I've noticed that, though, Thomas. Now I'm going to have to be noticing that as I watch further down <laughs> how they treat him. Because most of the time, they just it seems like they just treat him like a normal soldier all the time. I've never noticed him where they try to hold him back. I have an episode where Bumblebee like gets annoyed with being told what to do, and he and Spike go off on their own. Both of them are annoyed by being the young ones, and that seemed like it would be an episode, you know, kind of like <laughs> that gym episode where Kimber and Stormer go off alone and <laughs> that kind of thing. I mean, so. you're right. I feel like I have seen that. <laughs> uh, I so, but I can't. I don't remember that well, so I don't know if it was just. You're exactly right. There would definitely be an episode like that, or if I've actually seen that episode already. I, mean, I, don't, I like think you're creating that. I think you're retconning Frankenstein now in your brain. You're you're like, I have seen this, even <laughs> though it doesn't exist. And now we should spread it across the internet, make a fake Transformers episode, and try to spread the lie, and then see how far we can do it. Just I be like, totally don't trust anything Japan. on the internet, guys. I well, can no. totally see Japan doing that, and then making it chibi, like... Bumblebee and Spike doing things on their own, stopping Megatron by themselves. But like isn't there comedy? <laughs> there's an episode of Beast Machines where the rat guy is uh, rat trap is so pissed that he's so and actually works with Megatron so that Megatron can give him like an all powerful body. But in exchange, I think he has to work for the Decepticons because he's just so pissed of being the weakest Transformer. <laughs> really, Beast Machines did that? Yeah, Beast it's Machines been a while did an episode that like that because. Because that happens in Beast Wars, what, what? <laughs> with Rat Trap. So, so Rat Trap is the he's the same person in both those shows. I mean, it's the, it's not two different rats. So he becomes that I forget the name. Well, he's Rat Trap. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I'm I'm like, well, that seems weird because why would that exact same character decide to work with Megatron a second time in Beast Machines? He gets this body and then he decides not to use it because he's happy with being who he is, and then Megatron let him leave for some reason just because, I don't know, he's feeling good that day. I don't know. That's weird. (laughs) I'm sure the writers probably didn't appreciate being written in a corner with the continuity between those two shows. So, yeah. Yeah. I I wonder how much of the same writers were on that show compared to Beast Wars, because it was really different. 
I well, yeah. So I, I would assume that they're very different if they were just rehashing plots like that. So <laughs> I, I would, I'd be surprised if the uh, the original, well, the Beast War writers, they decided to just do that themselves. Something funny for you. I like how is it Ironhide? Is he attacking Starscream? Or I don't think it's Cliff Jumper, but someone is attacking Starscream, and he just goes, "Too bad you don't move as fast as you talk," and then just shoots him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness that's funny uh our favorite trio made it back into one piece well i guess not one piece but the the set is now complete again what's that all three reflectors are are back oh yeah <laughs> and their the last time for the, the last, last time, time we saw one of them got caught couldn't escape from the space bridge transport pod thing and one of them got sent back to to hang out with Shockwave. Yeah. And they never they never just he was just gone. And I feel like Reflector has showed up in maybe one episode since that. Well, remember and, they were they were told to be written out of the show simply because they didn't have toys to sell for them. Oh, Reflector? Yeah, so that was a huge note and this is the last time they ever appear speaking. Anytime from this point on, they're only in the background to fill up the Decepticon squad because uh, <laughs> the animators are in another country and don't really get that memo. So they'll always add reflectors still from this point on. It's just in the background whenever they want a different, <laughs> whenever they want to make the background look more unique instead of just, you know, eight sound waves copy and pasted in the background. Wow. That, wow. He, I, is he like the most disrespected nothing transformer well remember how i said that he hardly appears in any of the new versions they keep making i think he appeared in some of the comics but he's never appeared in any of the animated live action incarnations ever again wow that's weird it's like i mean they make up so many different transformers they couldn't do anything there, there were no ideas to, to use with reflector <laughs> A guy who who could just like multiply and stuff like you couldn't come up with anything to do with that guy. I mean, yeah, make him like a, a telescope in space or a satellite, you know, or like do holographic stuff or or something. I make mean, him a Troska doll that just opens up with multiple ones inside. <laughs> oh man, now you're getting into the Pretenders, Charlie. That does exist. Oh no, <laughs> make him some kind of weird combiner or something or. They can make different configurations and turn I'm just imagining all, all these reflectors merging together to be a combiner that is just called Big Reflector and <laughs> Big just looks reflector. exactly like the other reflectors, so he doesn't look any different when he's bigger. <laughs> and then they could say they could use the same voice effect where it sounds like there's several people speaking at once. You could just do that for Big Reflector. It's the same thing. <laughs> or no, you make it worse by making it if it was three people merging to make him, make it six voices to show just how epic it is. <laughs> do you guys have any other things you want to say about what you liked and didn't like before we go to the next section? Spike's uh, <laughs> Spike's remark about this is the last time I'll get to see myself from the outside. <laughs> oh yeah. Was he? I can't remember if he was even in the same room with his body. Was he watching himself on a monitor? <laughs> or <laughs> he was in the same room because okay. I think he was looking down uh, on himself. Oh, yeah, okay. they somehow get him from the hospital, his body from the human hospital, and then transport his body after surgery all the way to the ark. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was weird. Because it, one, it was weird. Because it, it was just, it was two things that were back to back. So we talked about the one where, like, the doctor's like, 
if only I could do the surgery, but somebody has to invent mind transportation. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, we just, we just like told the hospital, you get out of my face. We're taking this body somewhere else. And they spike is just here. They just, the hospital just let that happen. Oh, that means they originally had to take him from the hospital to the ark, do the mind transfer into Autobot X, then take the body back to the hospitals so they could do surgery on it. Right. And then they took the body back to the ark again to complete it. Yeah, that that's a lot. That's <laughs> a lot. Did uh, Spike choose to pass time away inside of Autobot X by watching Frankenstein on TV? Bad choice. Uh, so do you want to? <laughs> okay, hold on. Let's save that for stupid moments because I want to talk about it there. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Wait. So, so first, so the for next section, animation errors. Did anyone notice anything? There wasn't that many this episode. When Autobot X shoots Ironhide and Trailbreaker, I noticed that Ironhide's entire face is colored red. It was pretty weird looking. Bumblebee, didn't he turn red when he got fired on and turned upside uh, down? If they confuse him with Cliff Jumper, that can happen on occasion. Oh no. <laughs> I was just thinking about Cliff Jumper, like in the next episode, being a little red VW bug. I was like, what are the VW bugs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You could have made him anything else. Make him like a Z car or something. Like, but nope. Yeah. So Ironhide is actually holding a gun that shoots liquid. Previously, we've seen him retract his own hand to shoot out three different types of liquids. And here he's holding a gun, either due to someone not writing the script correctly or forgetting, or the animators forgetting how it worked before. Because then at the end of the episode, he retracts his hands to shoot out a mud like liquid from his body instead of a gun that does it and he had a completely different gun when he used it in a previous episode because people never know how Ironhide's powers work <laughs> a uh, I substance. would say that that's all Ooh. continuity that's all they're trying to illustrate there is that sometimes you know they get in battles and certain parts don't work and you know they have to go and battle a different way and then you know later on they get that part fixed and now they can do it the original way <laughs> There you go. You do what I do, where I just you just invent a reason for the error, and then boom, no longer an error. But uh, yeah, and what was funny is at the end of the episode, I actually thought that Starscream poofed out of existence once the mud hit him. But I actually rewinded it and saw that no, he does fly off. It is just really, really fast. So it wasn't an animation error. <laughs> but to me, I thought he just blinked out of existence, like the animators forgot to continue ma animating him. The last one I noticed, when Megatron talks to Spike, there is a blue unknown robot standing next to him right after he lands to talk to Spike. He's colored blue like Soundwave should be, but it's not Soundwave. And I couldn't tell who it was. It's either a different Transformer colored in Soundwave's color or an off-model Soundwave. And it was just, I couldn't tell who it was. Because then all of a sudden, boom, it becomes Soundwave 20 seconds later and then a Soundwave the rest of the episode. They just got really cheap and just put a generic robot blurb in there. and It could have been whoever animated that section at the time just didn't know who Soundwave was. <laughs> I'm going to say it was probably an off-model Soundwave because I feel like that's probably one of the most common animation errors where the color scheme just isn't right. Or or I guess in this case, the he, it seems like you're saying he has to correct uh, Soundwave color. It's just the rest of the scheme wasn't there uh, to go along with it. The, the, 
of his color set, only one color was used for his entire body, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Did any of you guys see any animation errors while you were watching this episode? I didn't catch anything in this episode. Yeah, I didn't notice anything happening. So next section, deleted audio. Sadly, when last we left our SparkCast to talk about an animated episode, I actually had announced that the YouTube channel Transformers at the Moon had deleted audio for the entire first season of Transformers, but had no season two episodes. Well, as of May, like the beginning of May 2021, they actually had deleted audio for two season, two episodes of season two, The Immobilizer and Dinobot Island. And these, and these were only posted two months ago, whereas the last postings were over three years ago. So there is a possibility deleted audio of this episode and more for season two might be showing up in the future. That's good news. So one thing that's interesting is I forgot to mention that there are actually two separate recording sessions with the director, Wally Burr, and Frank Welker. One is just four minutes of Welker doing ravaged sounds, and another is just four minutes of Welker doing laser beak sounds. So if you want to go check that out. Four minutes. It's on Transformers at the Moon, uh, which is a YouTube channel. And I'm, I'm sure they're going to use those four minutes across the whole season, right? Because <laughs> to do that for four minutes every episode, that's not, no. Well, what if, what if they were like, hey, we need an injured laser beak. This, this sound does not sound injured. <laughs> Rabbit cassette. Do you need four minutes of injured laser beak? <laughs> Next section, retcons. There were no retcons this episode. So we'll go straight on to Starscream's blunders and other stupid moments. Don't tell me what to do. I do what I want, when I want. So we'll get back to this. They give Spike a TV to distract his mind. And my first thought is, oh God, please don't tell me he's watching Frankenstein. And that's going to make him go crazy. And the first thing he does is cut oh. to the television to show him watching Frankenstein, and then he goes crazy. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, what is wrong with you? It's like, filling with rage as he's watching it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I gotta smash this TV screen! Oh. It's, the, it's <laughs> like, this is a monster? Oh, I'm a monster! <laughs> I was created a monster like these other monsters! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I saw no reason for that. Like we we get the point. We get the point about Frankenstein's monster. Why? We we were trying to calm Spike. The writer down. says you don't get the point. He says you need to know about Frankenstein. Why did Spike just keep going crazy? It's just like <laughs> uh, I thought he's gonna get a handle on his mind and maybe talk to the other guy in his mind and like kind of talk him down and but this isn't Gollum we're talking about. This is Spike. And yeah, they're not ever going to they're not ever going to deal with that second possible existence inside Autobot X. He's crazy because of the transfer process. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'll ever see Autobot X ever again. Spike just when he got back to his regular body, he's just like, oh, it's good to be home. But <laughs> how do we know he's not damaged or thinking strange Decepticon thoughts now? We, just, we don't know that. 
It would have been funny to see a cut of Autobot X's eyes still glowing like a part of Spike is still inside Autobot X. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I was like, <laughs> we know that Spike is okay and good because there wasn't an end of the episode stinger where his he turns to the camera and his eyes glow. <laughs> oh, you meant human Spike's eyes glowing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was talking about the robot glowing to show Either that one. it's still alive. I think like, either one could have something in it. Or it's, <laughs> there could be some residual effects of the, the transfer. Are they going to stuff Autobot X into the cave? The the old Dinobot cave? <laughs> yeah, now the Dinobots <laughs> are out and walking around now. <laughs> <laughs> so where they where they put all of uh, sound of of Wheeljack's failed experiments. There's just all kinds of zombie transformers and crazy robot transformers just sitting there offline. <laughs> you know, it's the last line of um, the whole show where Bumblebee is like, I wonder what it would be like for an Autobot mind to be transferred to a human. And he's oh, like, Bumblebee, you'll have to wait yeah. till season three to find out. And I was going to ask you, Sean, if that was an episode coming up, because I just had a feeling because... You know, Bumblebee stared so deeply at Spike, like, Spike, we got to do this. We got to try that. <laughs> There's a season three episode where Hot Rod, RC, uh, Ultra Magnus, and somebody else have their minds transferred into human clone bodies so that guys can try to take over the Transformers and use their bodies as instruments of destruction so they don't have to worry about those pesky minds and personalities being in the body to counter them and so as humans they've got to somehow get back to where their bodies are and fight off everyone and get back to their robot bodies seems to go along with our theme we we have recently i do have two hilarious things i saw while watching this episode so the first is prowl is not a real police car yet he uses his siren to help ratchet go to the hospital so can prowl be arrested for impersonating a police officer even though he's a police car uh, yes. I mean, granted, no one's going to actually arrest him or try to serve him anything, but then that brings up the whole thing of do these Autobots have rights while on on Earth? <laughs> have rights. They just blend in. It, it kind of doesn't matter because they look like real ambulances and real police cars, so nobody's going to ask anything. Yeah. Yeah, in this case, I don't think anybody's going to recognize Prowl. I mean, he's, they're just going to think, oh, there's a cop following an ambulance. I just... And just think that makes sense. But they, even if they wanted to arrest them, they probably wouldn't. I mean, because I think it was this episode where Bumblebee just busts through uh, the uh, the military's, um, the Air Force base security. <laughs> like, oh. they think it's just a regular person in a car, and they pull out their guns to, like, tell them to stop. But he just keeps driving and rams right through the gate. And so. we don't see them react to that anymore. It immediately cuts to him talking to Optimus, and we didn't see them try to fire at him or be like, oh, it's just an Autobot or any reaction. It just cuts to forget about the humans. It's all about <laughs> the, the Transformers. It's already We're sorry we added them in there, guys. In that scene, though, like the Decepticons just show up at the new rocket base press conference, and <laughs> the general is giving a speech, and he's like, yeah, and we'll all be able to see things no one has ever seen. Ah, Decepticons! And then he pulls out a handgun, like, that's going to help fend off Decepticons <laughs> yeah. along with the guys with the rifles. And, like, neither, none of those are going to stop Decepticons. I mean, they, they turn into jets. They've got, like, I don't know, like, laser weapons. And, yeah, you guys are dead. But <laughs> uh, I forgot about dismissive Optimus Prime for a moment. He's like, 
like Wheeljack's like, man, uh, they're going into space already. And Optimus is just like, yeah, this is pretty good for primitive technology. <laughs> then he was like, earlier than that, he was like, oh no, the rockets, you know, <laughs> like they they flew into this press conference and there's these, you know, revolutionary new rockets that were supposed to launch and they're fighting the Decepticons and they're just throwing Decepticons against the rockets and knocking them over and ducking Decepticons that are shooting at the rockets and blowing them up and then yeah, I forgot um, to I forgot to yeah go into that those they had like six rockets all next to each other which isn't in, something that you know our country actually does you know but <laughs> this is a, not a sort of semi future I guess well, it doesn't make sense anyway, because even if it was supposed to be like modern times, those rockets would not be that close together because they throw out a, like a lot of uh, fire and explosive material. So they <laughs> would all just, conference, they would so... just set each other on fire. They, oh, yeah, they and were the, probably and the general... just showing off the, the rockets that they had just made. <laughs> like, yeah, and the ones that were, the, the people are standing literally only about, you know, a semi-truck's feet away from where the rockets are taking off, too. Oh, they were actually going to launch them? I thought they were just talking Yeah, they were about standing there. Them. They were just they were talking. getting ready to launch, yeah. Yeah, they're standing right there, like, where the jets are. I guess they've solved that whole problem of smoke and everything, shooting out of rocket engines. Uh, yeah, I mean, to, Optimus says that's primitive. I mean, that's better than what we got now, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Optimus should really watch his mouth, okay? The humans are showing that they, they can go to space and, and get there. You guys are stuck in a mountain. Like, if you, if it's so easy, why don't you go back to space? Go back home to Cybertron. They can't. So, so they can stop hating on humans. Well, remember, according to a deleted scene, they actually can. They just don't bother to because the Decepticons are still on Earth. Oh, my God. Come yeah. <laughs> are they just hanging around for our energy? Or are they trying to just tap the Earth out? You know, like, that's what it seems like. Just mm -hmm. hiding out under an extinct volcano and just sucking up what they can get. And yeah, I mean, that's what the, the Decepticons are there for in the first place. One thing that I thought was pretty funny is Optimus hears an alarm and goes, there's only one reason for this alarm, this particular military base. I'm like, does he have a different audio cue alert for every Decepticon target? Like, ding, ding is like a nuclear power plant in, in Russia, but ding, dong is like... A nuclear power plant <laughs> somewhere in Arizona, and, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I did pick up on that because I was like, "Oh, okay." So, what is it going to be? I was thinking it's like it's going to be some specific type of incident or something, but it was like, no, is base number four, five, six, seven, eight is being attacked by Decepticons, and he was like, "I'm like, okay, do you memorize the sounds for every single base or something like that?" It's like that was weird. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious that Spike shoots his dad off a cliff and it takes over 10 seconds for Spike to go, no, and then casually walk to the cliff to grab him. He would have been dead in real time because you don't fall for 10 seconds and not be dead at that point. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure like what the like how injured Spike's dad was going to be. <laughs> I mean, they were showing the cliff because I believe Spike and Megatron were on top of a cliff. The mm -hmm. Autobots were right below them, but then it seemed like Sparkplug either ran up to where Megatron and Optimus was, or there's another cliff. Uh, but yeah, either way, the cliff that they were showing was not that big for, for a 10 second fall. So they were really stretched out the time because because I think also uh, before 
uh, Spike was able to shoot his grappling hook. He had to he had to move closer to the edge too. So like it was yeah, there was a lot going on before Sparkplug actually hit the ground. Either of you have any other stupid moments that you notice in here? Just stuff that was funny. No, I think I actually used mine during a previous segment with the dumb doctors. Yeah, like I think transfer thing. <laughs> this whole thing had plenty, so many stupid moments that they're just moments throughout the whole, whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> just not understanding Spike's condition inside <laughs> <So laughs> the robot was enough. He's know? got a sci fi media disease, so need his mind out of here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, boys, we're going to be movie stars. For main character, would you say Spike is the main character of this episode because transferred to into a body, had to overcome his fractured mind to attack random things, shoot his friends and take over the world, then want revenge on people that made him a monster, to then going, wow, I do like this body, but I still want revenge on the people that gave me this body, to finally overcoming all that to save his father and work with the Autobots again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. This is a Spike episode. Uh, I would say Autobot X was the main character of this episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> we got to give Autobot X's due because as far as I know, he doesn't appear again. Yeah, I don't even I didn't even check him out to see if he had a figure or anything. I was just like, "Man, who cares?" <laughs> Autobot X. It'd be a terrible figure. It'll just be like all mixed matched and stuff. Why would well, it would be funny that? if it was a figure where all the parts could come off and you could reattach them in different configurations? That would be a good idea though. Yeah, it would be a good idea. It would be a way for Hasbro to like, here's all these rejected lots that we just randomly release and like they hook up to, <laughs> you can just swap them out to for other parts and stuff like that. I think they did that with the Marvel Transformers figures where you can take pieces of them and attach them to other ones to make a ridiculous looking Darth Vader arm with Spider-Man head and, and Wolverine arm and whatever. I don't know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of like Mr. Potato Head Transformer, just yeah. on whatever legs and head and everything else you want. Some things, Betty Spaghetti. There used to be like a toy called Betty Spaghetti where you could just hmm. throw a bunch of things on it. <laughs> so, Megatron's energy. Decepticons, a toast to the imminent destruction of the accursed Autobots. So in this episode, Megatron actually tries to steal energy that is used to make rockets go into space. It's not clear, so I'm assuming he's there for the rockets? They don't actually say what he's there for. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, it, yeah, you're right, because it wasn't clear to me. It seemed like they were coming to take the rockets and not necessarily to use them for fuel or anything like that. He just That was just the point of them coming there was just to take it. They, I don't think they ever said why they wanted to take them. Or how they were going to use it to make energy. Does anyone have any last thoughts on this episode before we go into the character spotlight? Nope. It's too hard to think. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll, yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> Don't push her, Sean. <laughs> so next up, we have character spotlight, Prowl. Prowl is the police car with the double-mounted missile launcher on his shoulders. Blue Streak also looks like him. Why is that? There's two police Autobots? Uh, I don't think Blue Streak is actually a police car. He just has the same model design. Oh, okay. We did do Blue Streak way early on 
in our podcast as his own figure. Is he a race car or he's just like a supercar kind of looking thing? I don't know. But if you look up Charlie, if you type in Prowl Transformer Transformers in the Google search, you will be able to see a picture of Prowl just to get a sense of what he looks like real quick. He's got the two red like little mini horns on his faceplate, not to be confused with the red horns on Cliff Jumper, <laughs> who is all red. That's weird. I typed that in and it said no results. What? Prowl Transformers? Yeah, I don't know why. That's that because duh, that's what it would it would tell me. There we go. I don't know why it didn't come up before. Oh it's weird. Prowl also has the uh the red horn things. He and Blue Street both have them. So I guess Cliff Jumper also has the red horns. Well no, his are actual horns coming out of the side of his head. Prowl's just has a on his faceplate little horny horn like wings that are on his forehead. So yeah, they do, the wings do have kind of a horned tip on them, each of them. Mm-hmm. Why does he have wings anyway? Well, well, they're car doors, is what they are. They're they're like shoulder pauldrons. They have um, actual handles on them for the car Open doors. The door. like a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so who would like to read the quote and description of Prowl's original toy BIOS? I'll pick it up. Okay. So his toy quote was: "Logic is the ultimate weapon." In this description, Prowl will keep at a task for as long as it takes, strives to find reason and logic in everything. A listener, not a talker, has the most sophisticated logic center of all Autobots, able to analyze and advise on complex situations almost instantaneously, fires wire-guided missiles and high corrosive acid pellets. The unexpected can often scramble his circuits. You remember when we read that children's book where... Decepticons had a construction company and they were actually going to kidnap like 96 buildings across the world and take them hostage. And when they're looking at that map, Prowl is like, can't un- can't comprehend the Decepticons being deceptive and it scrambles his circuits. And there's just this giant long sentence of him going, rah, 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 because his circuits <laughs> are scrambled because he couldn't comprehend what was happening. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they must have gotten this from this description. I had never realized that. That's why that's why he did that when I was a kid. And I was like, what is this? Uh maybe if I'd only bought the toys like the show told me to. I mean, how does he not comprehend the Decepticons being deceptive? <laughs> Logic is the ultimate weapon. Uh do you think that is him in the show, his description? Uh, when I was reading, I was just thinking, it was like, you know what? I don't really recall a lot of Prowl talking and like taking prominent, like, I don't know, roles in different episodes and in, in multiple or, or in a lot of different episodes. So I guess that part maybe is true. Do they just take artistic liberties here <laughs> since he doesn't actually have any lines most times? Yeah, I do remember Blue Streak showing up a lot because I do remember him and Prowl being prominent in the chip episode where he takes over like one of their bodies because the guy can't function or something but that's the last time i ever really see them you know being in your face like all the other time they're just in the background or fighting with everybody else yeah so the the uh, the other part of his character description is definitely false where (laughs) well maybe maybe he is able to analyze and advise on the situations but he never actually does that in the show he never uses that ability 
Yeah, it uh, feels it, like Prowl would be Optimus's right hand man because we definitely see that Megatron has Starscream as second in command and Soundwave is his, um, I don't know, co- combat advisor or other second in command some way. But the Autobots don't actually have a chain of command. They just have Optimus and that's it. Yeah, that's the way it seems. It seems like, yeah, if Optimus goes down, there is nobody who's going to take up the mantle and like lead them. They, yeah, they have nothing like that. Shockwave has shown that multiple times that he, he would be in charge or Megatron would put him in charge if he weren't around. And then, you know, Starscream is just there. He'll, he's, he would try to take over, but Starscream has his defined role that he fulfills. Well, you remember there's the one episode where Optimus is on the operating table and everybody's like losing the morale outside. And all uh-huh. it takes is for Optimus Prime to just show up and be like, dudes, I'm alive. And the battle just completely goes in the Autobots' favor to show that Optimus is just this huge rally point. But then when he's gone, you know, Autobots are, the Autobots are effed. <laughs> yeah. Though I guess, that, I guess that will eventually change in maybe this season or the next. Because I feel I, like I don't know when Ultra Magnus is in- introduced. After the movie, season three. He seems like he would be a character that would just be like, okay, Optimus is gone. I can be in charge or the leader because I guess Optimus is going to be gone. <laughs> you And you have Rodimus instead. Yeah, well, I think Ultra Magnus is second in command once Hot Rod becomes Optimus Prime. And Ultra Magnus doesn't have any any uh, any any problems working for the guy who has the job he was supposed to have. So... <laughs> Okay, that that's definitely that would be new to me because I, I I know nothing. I just I know that he I don't know I don't know how I observe uh, absorb that the fact that Ultra Magnus was basically like second in command. He, he definitely fills those shoes. So I mm-hmm. guess there it'll be interesting to see that beef to have like s- <laughs> some of the star the Starscream vibes uh, on the Autobot side. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not like an episode where Optimus is like. All right, guys, I'm going over here to work with the humans. I'm going to put, uh, uh, let's see, um, Sunstreaker, you're in charge. <laughs> it was like, bye. And then it's like Sunstreaker trying to be a, le- a leader for an episode. I don't know. There's no episode of, of that at all in these shows. It's just Optimus is the leader forever. So, Charlie, do you want to read The Fate of Prowl after the movie? Wait, I still function. Fate after the movie. Before the movie, Prowl was one of the only ones not infected with the virus and to need a Binaltech body based on a real vehicle. Wheeljack saw Prowl's death in the future via Ravage's treachery. Okay. Treachery, um, yeah, sorry. He tried to create a way to separate Prowl's spark into subspace and give him the ability to control other bodies from there. It's not clear if Prowl knew this was happening. However, on a mission where... He was near death. Wheeljack forced a transfer of Prowl's spark into a Binaltech body, but he was lost in subspace. Chip Chase transferred his life essence and merged with Prowl's memories to become Prowl 2. Prowl emerged into a non-change timeline. Dr. Archevil. Um, is that right? <laughs> later, Archivel? Yeah. Dr. Archivel later used his spark to create a giant monster. Blue Streak of the Binaltech Timeline 1 traveled to this second timeline to warn Prowl of his destabilizing spark, and eventually Prowl returned to the body 
Chip was in, and Chip returned to his human body. Though they are now in the timeline that does not continue into the movie. Headmasters, etc., right? Well, yeah. So it, it's not clear. It says they are now in the timeline that does not continue into the movie or Headmasters, etc. And I'm like, did he? But then he did end up dying in the movie. So did he return? Is this the one? Or did this take place after the movie? I'm so confused. Died in the movie. <laughs> because, it, as we'll see, like if you want to uh, continue the next actual sentence for the movie, which you'll see why it doesn't make sense. He is the first dramatic death in the movie. He is shot by a single blast by Scavenger, and smoke flows out of his mouth as his eyes slowly fade away and he falls over dead. In season three, Autobot Mausoleum is seen, and Prowl's name is on the submit-looking tombs that are cataloged in many rows and columns. In Headmasters, Prowl is alive. He is stationed on Autobot City on Earth. This is because Japan had not yet seen the movie to know that he had died. Um, but the Biotech story was written after this, and yet still doesn't explain who the Prowl was who died or how he is alive here. I guess <laughs> we will have to read this for ourselves one day. He was later converted into a combiner to form Optimus Maximus with Surprise, Optimus Prime, Sunstreak, Mirage, and Ironhide. He was seen failing to surf in Hawaii. Oh, he was last seen failing to surf in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now we have some Prowl fun facts. Did you did you understand that, Thomas? What did you think of that amazing backstory? Uh, the whole... I, <laughs> it, it, I don't think... I mean, Transformers could really do without alternate timeline characters and stuff like that. I mean, I, mean, I, I assume that none of that's really touched on in the show, but because of the way that they do things end up, those people are essentially are in a separate timeline and man that trying to deal with that on top of all just the weird stuff in transformers that would just be way too much yeah and i'm just like i'm so confused i'm like it's the prowl that died in the movie chip chase prowl but then somehow he's not dead or eh. and then i'm like oh god my brain i was like <laughs> it's like how did you say he survived in so space then came back did he come back just to die i thought the whole point of making up the story was that he's now not dead and i'm like uh whatever <laughs> feel disappointed with movies that go with animes and cartoons because they they always screw up the continuity of the whole thing i mean it's like they go to make a movie and some other studio does it and the animation doesn't look the same and on top of that the story is just like totally different and that really irks me i'm like why why do they screw it up yeah. <laughs> why can't it just go with the the same thing the only thing i've seen where i'm like you know that really went with it was like pokemon <laughs> where <laughs> It's like, okay, now we got backstory on Mewtwo, and they even showed him bursting out of the building in the background. Yeah, all the stuff we saw, you know, in the series that they never, you know, explained there, but save for the movies. They're like, okay, that's cool. But, yeah, why can't you just do that? We have some Prowl fun facts for you. He had a spring-loaded gun that shot missiles in Japan, but obviously not in America. 
Prowl transforms into a Datsun 280ZX turbo sports car. A Mexican release accidentally colored his helmet, arms, and boots black. His mold is the basis for the blue streak and smokescreen molds. Thomas, you want to read the next three fun facts? Prowl had a Beast Wars figure, Lion, that combined with Ironhide and Silverbolt to form Magnaboss. Japan would use this design to create Leo Jr. for their figure and character in the Beast Wars 2 show, changing his head and recoloring his robot body, but the beast stayed the same. Originally in Beast Wars, Cheetor was supposed to be Prowl, and the only evidence in the wild of this is a McDonald's toy where he is now called Panther. More conceptual art showed Prowl was almost a moon buggy for this McDonald's tour line. <laughs> a moon buggy. <laughs> the Autobot Tyco racing set used his hit design for their car robots. One thing that was funny is since I've seen Beast Wars 2, seeing the lion figure that they used as Prowl, I was like, oh God, it's just the same figure with a different head and a little different recoloring. I was like, it's so weird because... That means it was made as a figure first. And then when they made the show, they decided, well, we don't want to use Prowl in the TV show. We're going to make a new character to make him a, a son of opt of the new Optimus somehow. I don't know. Son of Optimus. Yeah. His spark gets slightly split and then goes into and becomes its own transformer. So this, this new Leo jr. Thinks of himself as the son of, the Leo the, Convoy and Leo yeah. Convoy Leo Convoy is disturbed by this because they don't have you know children in the in their universe. <laughs> so, oh, that's like, so he's uh, he's disturbed for a really good reason. That's like wow. Sailor Moon and Rainy. <laughs> wow. Is Leo Junior like a chibi version of uh, Optimus, no. <laughs> or is he just like a regular sized Transformer? No, he's he's basically he is slightly smaller. Like his head only goes up to where Optimus's neck begins. Oh, but, so he's he's bigger than Bumblebee at least. Yes. <laughs> so, but he is. Uh, but he does form with Silverbolt and no, they have different names. It's an eagle and this other thing to become Magnaboss. So the three of them always need to merge together to become to, to become the Magnaboss, which is this combiner to help turn the tide of the battle every episode. Is that the only combiner in the show? No, there's the recolor of. King Poseidon from Godmaster uh, from Master Force shows up in this show. Only now I forget what his name is. Seacons? I don't know. Yeah, you were right is... though. It, it is Silverbolt. Silverbolt, Prowl, and, and Ironhide. Oh, it's still no. I know it's a different name in the actual anime. So they changed his name in the anime. Oh, because it's definitely not any of the characters we know from either American. They had to change Silverbolt because he ended up being a character in Beast Wars. I think. And they didn't want to like make it look like these shows were that connected, I guess. Who knows? Who knows why they made anything? But uh, Charlie, you want to read the last three fun facts? Um, just a question here. Did we ever cover the McDonald's toy line? No. I forgot those existed, but I, I had those were. as a kid. I, did, I didn't know they ever had... Well, apparently they had a Beast Wars line. I do know they made, because I still have these... Um, their products turning into transformers, like a McFlurry transforming into a Transformers. Their French fries yeah, turning into like a Transformer the, robot. The hotcakes and the yeah, um, hotcakes and a Mc and a McMuffin transforming into a robot. I have, I yep. think, four of the six of those, like still. 
And I, a, I don't remember which one. I'm. Yeah, the pancake platter turning is the most hilarious one, too. I don't yeah, remember I that. Of those. Yeah, I don't remember those commercials or really the toys being advertised like that. I probably was still a little bit too young, but I definitely remember playing with those toys. I'm just like, well, why do I have a McMuffin that just transforms? <laughs> they released those <laughs> several ra- times, to me, though. It was just a random toy. They, yeah, was, when I was little, I had the French fry and the shake. My my friends had the same thing, so I remember playing with them. With them, I think we might have also had like the shake or or the French fry. One one of those two we also had. They released those two or three different times. Like um, I had the first series of those, I think, um, <laughs> and it, they still had the same thing. They had they had products that would transform, but they changed the way the products like opened and transformed. So there's another hotcakes thing that turned into. So, I don't know. Don't tell me that. I'm going to have to go look for them now. Yeah, they're different. So, we got to look on eBay and see, like, you know, what the other ones look like. There's a bunch of them. There's like, but anyway, that's going to take too long to talk about that (laughs) for this episode. So, Charlie, you want to finish off with the last three fun facts about Prowl? In the 1990 Action Masters line, is given a cycle to ride. Everyone gave up their transformation powers in this line. A cycle. Okay. He has tons of figures along with many smaller chibi ones. A funny 2007 cancel toy gave him an oversized gun that was actually his size, only horizontal, that would have shot a projectile. Um, in Italian, his name transfer, or, sorry, translates to Prowler. In China, his name is Police Car. And in Russia, his name translates to Detective. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it for Prowl. So do you guys like the Prowl character in the show? Or is he memorable? That he's a police car, and that part is memorable. But um, whether he actually contributes much to the show, or I'm like, yeah, Prowl, good guy. I like that guy. I, I don't know. I'll have to like, keep a better eye on him to see if he has like any things that stand out about him but he's not a character that gets a lot of lines so <laughs> yeah I just, yeah i mean he's completely just nothing he's a nothing character wow uh, if there, <laughs> um, he's he's just like the there's a handful of characters where they're just there you don't you hardly recognize them they they almost never have lines in an episode and the only time they get the only time they are actually ever relevant at all is when there's an episode that's like features them prominently yeah. like and do you remember when we first did the blue streak around episode four or five when i did the character spotlight for blue streak you actually thought we were talking about prowl the first minute or two well yeah because yeah. blue streak now, is more like forgettable him. than prowl is and already prowl is being forgettable by everyone and why is blue streak red in some context but blue and others it doesn't make any sense to call him blue streak if you're gonna make him red yeah and 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 also what can really makes me probably what initially had me mixed up when i hear blue streak that just makes me think of a police car for some reason like (laughs) like Like a police car going fast chasing after somebody and that makes more sense and, and he looks so like Prowl him. doesn't make sense. It, that doesn't mean anything to me as far as as police. I well, mean, when cops are going after uh, criminals, aren't they on the Prowl? I know. <laughs> oh, they should have changed okay. the names of those characters, probably. That would have made more sense. 
the only reason I know Prowl is because he was very prominent in the IDW comics when it started as being on Earth, and then of course how they radically alter his character later after the war. I like the Chinese name for him, Maurice Call. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Sparkcast. Sign off that. Uh, oh, brain died. Got to reboot. Signing off. This is Sean. Charlie. And Thomas. <laughs>